dolls and divas, it is Shea Welcome to another episode of Wanna Be On Top, where I will be talking with my girl, the one and only Nicole Byer, about fun casting stories, traveling to Romania, and John Cena. Stay tuned. Forever. Dog. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shea Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I am joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Maxwell is my friend and producer and is going to help us keep things on track here. Hey, girl. Hi, Shay. So let's just remind the listeners, on Monday, we sat with Nicole and we talked about all the hot things that were happening in the summer of 2003. We talked about Tyra. We talked about low-rise jeans. We really went deep. Yes. And I'm so happy that we are joined yet again by the amazing Nicole Byer. Okay, Nicole, I kind of want to pick your brain about the casting special. So Top Model lets us go behind the scenes of casting and you get to go to the last round of casting for Top Model. And okay, so like, what has the casting process been like for you? You know, you're a Hollywood girl. You're on these shows. You're getting booked. You're in your bag. You're blessed and busy. <laughs> <laughs> and I and, and 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 for anyone I feel like in entertainment that takes a level of persistence to get to the level that you're at. So you obviously I mean have to have some some very interesting stories about uh some fun auditions and or casting processes that you've gone through. Yeah. Um so like in the beginning I mean, even now you like put yourself on tape or you have to go in and schmooze and make them laugh and then, you know, remember your lines. And, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like in-person auditions are very much like, is she crazy? Does she come (laughs) in the room crazy? (laughs) Can she do the lines like a normal human being? And then at the end, is she crazy? And I think it's most of it's just being like, I memorize my lines. I'm not crazy. Um, Now I'm in a very nice position where sometimes I get offered parts and I mm-hmm. say sometimes because it happens pretty infrequently, but like when it does happen, ooh, baby, is a treat. Um, yes. Also something that happens is like, sometimes I think people get really discouraged and they don't try their hardest because they're like, I'm not going to get this, but I can, I truly can't count on my fingies. It's happened more times than I can count that a, uh, I've auditioned for something and then got a different part in the, on whatever I was auditioning mm-hmm. for, which is like mm-hmm. cool because it's like the casting director was like, Oh, she's very funny. She's capable. She's not crazy. Let's put her in something else. Let's throw <laughs> her a little bone. Um, but the wildest. So like the first thing I booked was a Nestle commercial for Israeli TV. Yes. <laughs> it shot in Romania and at the audition, the lines were truly like, come get ice cream. <laughs> and the casting director was like, okay, I want you to be as black as you can be. And when you get too black, I'll pull you back. And in my head, I was like, what the fuck is too black? 
Like, is it if I like hand her food stamps? Like, what is too black to this white woman? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, right. what does that mean? Like, you're to like, I her? need, I need a scale, like on a, uh, like on yeah. a scale of like Dorothy Dandridge to like Angela Davis. What we talk yeah. about? Yeah. Like, do you think I'm gonna like, you know, <laughs> like jump you into the gang? Like, what is too black <laughs> for this white woman? What is that? So right. truly did the lines like, ooh, ice cream. Like, like just put on a very like mm-hmm. mild voice. Like uh-huh. more than code switching. It was a caricature of what yes. you would think of as a black woman. Yes. And then I booked it. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I had to like continue to do this to a non-American, uh, I guess he was Israeli director, who at one point was like, I want it to, I don't, I don't even know his accent, but it was like, I want you to, uh, I want, I want this to feel authentically black, like your people. I want you to say things that your people say. And I was like, my people say words. I don't know what this means. And he was like, like, call him son, even though he is not your son. Cause there's a kid in the commercial. And I tried my hardest not to say son, but they, so I'm flying in this commercial and it was like pretty cheap. So they uh-huh. also when I got there, the stuntman was like, "Hello, Nicole. We tested the the rig I'm sorry, on the biggest stunt man? yeah stunt because man? a stunt man because I was doing a stunt. I was being hoisted in the air like ten feet in the air and flying because I'm a fairy, <laughs> but also I'm in Romania. So this man is like, we tested the rig." I'm the biggest man we could find. You are bigger than him, but I think you'll be fine. And I was like, great. Hello to you too. <laughs> so they hoisted me up there, left me up there as I'm like hanging 10 feet in the air. And they're arguing over the lines, I should say. And I was like, I'll just say whatever you want because I was like getting nauseous. So then what ended up in the commercials, me being like, come over here, son. <laughs> so they got you. They got me. They got the gal. Uh, <laughs> But that's wow. one of the wildest things. They also flew me coach. And I had never been overseas before ever in my life. Uh-huh. And I didn't know on international flights, they give you wine. so And they give you food. So the lady was like, do you want noodles or whatever else they had? And I was like, I, I can have noodles? I want the noodles. <laughs> and she was like, okay, have the noodles. And then she came back around. She's like, white or red? And I was like, what a red what? And she was like, wine. And I was like, right? <laughs> and then she poured me a glass and I was like, can I have another one? And she was like, yes. And I, and I was like, I'm stealing. I'm, I have all the wine. And I didn't know that it was just complimentary. Um, I love that. Yeah, no, honestly, see. it's interesting. I, like the the first time that I flew um, overseas, coach, I didn't know that you got like, you know, a little pasta or a noodle dish <laughs> either in mine. And I was, I had the same exact coach ass reaction of like, oh, wow, it's hot. Mm-hmm. There's steam coming from mm-hmm. it. I get a hot meal. Thank you, ma'am. The first time I flew first class, I didn't know that domestically you got drinks. So I was like, may I have a vodka soda? And she was like, sure. And I, and then I was like, how much is it? And she was like, what? And I, was like, mm. and I was like, that was a bad reaction. I how how much how much is it? And she was like, honey, she was a black woman. So she like went, yes. she bent down. Oh, she went, yes. honey, when you're flying first class, you don't have to pay for anything, okay? You can have anything you want. And I was like, anything? <laughs> and also, like I have a round cherub like face. <laughs> yes. So I probably look like this just a very anything? young child, like a little boy, because I didn't have a wig on, being like, I can have anything? <laughs> 
<laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm in the air and I miss my child. And you just remind <laughs> me of I, I I love it. I love it when you get a really lovely um, flight attendant who, like, reminds you of an auntie. And they're all like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I got you. And they just, like, take care of you. I love it. The worst is when a flight attendant's like, well, aren't you a good little sleeper? And I'm like, were you watching me? Like, <laughs> yeah. like leave me alone. <laughs> I remember one time catching a flight um, back from London and I was so tired that I slept through the whole thing and she was just all like, oh, do you have a good nap? And I was like, yeah, like, isn't that what people do on planes? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, sorry. what are we supposed to do? Like, I'm stay like, awake and fucking watch the Delta fucking thing? Like, you didn't have to pour me a damn thing. Yes, I was like, knocked like, out. Leave me alone. Yeah, but actually she did mention that. She said, you were the easiest person that I had to take care of. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> and I was all like, yeah, can I actually get a little bottle of water? Though my mouth is dry. I was snoring. Um, um, here's a fun plane hack. So ooh. right before you're about to land... Yes. Ask the flight attendants for the water that they have. Like when you're sitting in first class, they have the big things of water. So you can just take a bunch of big waters. They don't care. Wow. Also, you can ask for the booze too. You know, can I have a couple of wow. Mbacas for the road? They give wow. it to you. They don't care. Wow. Hell yeah. I watched this this white man. He was like, can I have a bottle of Pellegrino? And they brought him this giant bottle of Pellegrino. And I was like, that white man figured it out. So I said, I'm going to be that white man. I love hacks like that. It's like absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. and That's I mean, only if you fly in first class, though, right? Um, no, I think in coach you can. Well, I mean, if you're in the back of the plane, they're really mean to you. <laughs> I've been back yeah. there; they're yeah. so nasty for no reason. And you're like, it's not my fault I'm poor, but yeah. like, if you're in economy, ex- well, if you're in economy plus, they're more willing to help you. Got it. I was like, yeah, I'd, I've never seen anybody get a bottle of water leaving coach. <laughs> not on, not <laughs> no, on a plane like, that often. So they're like, get well, your also ass they give out little ones in coach. But I feel like, yeah, I think they give out the little ones. I think it might just be first class. Or if you're in Comfort Plus, you can like make a friend. That's what I do when I fly Comfort Plus. I like buddy up to a flight attendant and then they give me things. People don't get it. If you're nice to flight attendants, they give you shit. I know. Like, that's, a, that's a, it, you know what? I feel like that's just like a good uh, rule of thumb in general. Um, be nice to people. Um, oh, yeah. Not because they'll give you easier. shit, but just in general, because they'll make just, you feel good. Yeah. You know, it'll make you feel good. And then oftentimes people will be like, wow, that person was nice. Let me just. Like, Do you want to know nice who was mean to me? Who? Mora from the customer service of West Elm. I will not stop talking about Mora. She was so rude to me, and Maura? I don't like her. Mora okay, from West Elm from, from the customer West service Elm customer of service. West Elm. When my friend Nicole was just so trying to get some decor for trying her to get a bed. humble a, 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 a ordered bed. a bed December twenty sixth, the day after Christmas, because it was on sale. Uh-huh. It's a March. Where yeah. am I bed at? And then she was, she was like, I, she was like, what's your order number? And I said, oh, shit. And she said, do not curse at me. If you curse at me two more times, I will disconnect this call. And I was like, I wasn't cursing at you. It was a whole thing. I hate Mora. I hate her so oh, much. Wow, Mara. You know, like, people really need beds to sleep in, Mara. And yeah. I really wish that you would just have, like, helped my girl Nicole out. Like, she's all she's looking for is sound sleep. And you're That's over it. there just like. That's it. Giving her a hard time. Like, wouldn't you want someone to help you get some sound sleep, Mora? I don't know if anyone ever helps Mora. Maybe that's why she's so bitter. Yeah, that could be why. That could be why. Maybe Mora is upset because Mora was 
not cast on the first season of Top Model <laughs> and spent her whole life Probably. wondering what would have happened if she had got her big break and she was forced to do customer service at West Wait, Elm. Shay, real quick, do you yeah. think you would do well on Top Model? Like, you've been on a competition show, so you know what it entails. But do you think the skills that you learned from Drag Race would help you on Top Model? Um, I feel like I would do all right. You know, and here's the thing, because honestly, it it kind of goes back and forth because I feel like there are things that I learned from Top Model that helped me on Drag Race. You know, there's oh. certain little Tyra isms and like things that I do for photo shoots to this day. Like little things what? that Tyra taught me. Um, like tension. What do you you mean? know, always like whenever you're posing, making sure that every single muscle is like engaged, like if it feels relaxed, then like put a little bit of tension into it so that you create more like lines and like you're more engaged. Yes, tension. Clench your butt cheeks. You know, like I can't model. Like I think some people can model and others truly cannot. And I'm I'm a part of that group. It's wild. Like. I'll try to do something nice with my face and then I'll see the picture and be like, wow, who knew a face could do that? (laughs) It is honestly one of those things that I feel like was really, really, really great. I appreciated all the lessons that Tyra um, gave to me. And you know what? I'll give you a couple other ones uh, after we take a short little break. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, you're going to want to discover the 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. The Factor meals were so great. I love that they came in a recyclable container and with very little waste. And the food, delicious. My... Taste buds had a party. Exactly. Really good. Really easy to make. Loved it. Not a lot of cleanup because Factor Meals eliminates the hassle of the prepping, the cooking, and cleaning up. Simply heat and savor the good stuff, and you can customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. And then pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factor's ready-to-eat meals. So you can get back to doing what you love this spring. And if you're looking for gourmet meals, try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, 
truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. In fact, we're celebrating Earth Day all month long. Look out for Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for our lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash drag50 drag and use code drag50 drag to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code drag50 drag at factormeals.com slash Drag 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is still active. We are back with the one and only Nicole Byer. And we're talking about, you know, just some uh, cute little lessons that Tyra taught us. Okay, so like, for instance... This, mm-hmm. this one's my favorite whenever I'm, like, doing anything that's, like, in um, profile or I'm trying to, like, make, like, my neck look nice. And then I push, you push your tongue to the roof of your mouth, like, that soft palate on the top of your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, like, gives you, like, a little... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my tongue's long enough to be able to do that. I don't think it's doing anything. I I am feel look uh, uh, hey, oh oh there it is uh, yeah uh huh see look yeah yeah <laughs> it's like I was I was really feeling like um when they're at panel and Tyra is just like giving the girls direction she's like Nicole give me coy you were giving me very coy Nicole yeah she's like is this it Tyra is this how you do it Tyra <laughs> you know um, wait and, and, you give and, me a coy face. Um, okay, coy. Wow! <laughs> that was coy. That was the epitome <laughs> of coy. Okay, so it's a it's an audio medium, but what Shay did was yeah. Shay raised the eyebrows a little bit, the lips came in, and the eyes went wide. It was yeah. very, it was coy. Yeah, it was coy. I was like, what is she yeah. hiding? Right, what is she? What, is, what, what, what could be behind her, her back? It's a fat ass! Um, Wait, Maxwell, do you model? Do you take pictures? What a dumb question. Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I, actually, yeah. I um, went to model- a I, I went to <laughs> modeling school, actually. I was conned into Barbizon Modeling School. Um, really? As, yes. Yes, as a overweight 15-year-old, I was conned into that. And I was I really loved it. My headshots are legendary. I believe she I have, has one on her fridge. Yeah, I have a headshot, one of those headshots on my refrigerator. Um, signed. This is perfect. Wait, yeah. I That's need why I'm the to know here. more. I mm-hmm. need to know more. So mm-hmm. how were you scouted for Barbizon Modeling School? I think my mom read an ad, actually, about oh. it in the paper. It was all my mother's idea. She begged okay. other people in the family to pay for it, and uh-huh. um, it was great. Yeah, were, have, you weren't conned into Barbizon Modeling School? I'm really confused. Are you they, gonna, they actually, a normal thing? No, it's so funny because like <laughs> I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, too, and they would come to our school. What? 
they would come to our school. Illegal. Yeah, they would come to our school and literally give presentations of like we have kids on Disney Channel shows. Like people have graduated from the Barbizon Modeling Academy to go on to be amazing, amazing things. And it's great because like some kids they got conned into paying it. My parents, of course, they wouldn't even buy me a pair of Air Force Ones, (laughs) so there is no way in hell they're gonna pay for a modeling school. But that's okay because I got a free education. From America's Next Top Model. What Tyra did was Tyra gave us access. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Tyra was the blueprint. And then I was like, Barbizon is next, mom. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) I went to this in my early 20s. I went to this. I guess it was like a pyramid scheme. It was kind of like Barbizon, but it was for acting. Mm-hmm. And they were like, our actors have done X, Y, and Z, da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, my God, this is how I'm going to get my foot in the door. And they're like, give us $1,000. And I was like, you fucking idiots, I'm poor. That's why I'm here, trying to figure out how to get a job. And like, thank God I was poor. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Like, right, exactly. Thank God for not having the money to get scammed out of, you know? Yeah. Not having money has been my excuse a lot of times, and I've been really thankful to have it. Yeah, I'm sorry you can't scam me because I don't have the money to get scammed. I don't scammed. have that money to get scammed, so sorry, God bless. <laughs> that's how I yeah. got out of getting scammed by Angeline, but that's a different story. What do you mean I must hear about this? Angeline, like I want to ride in her car. and if Okay, you I ride- also want to ride too, but I didn't follow up with it. Oh, I did, but my friend told me all about it, and basically what she does is she swindles you out of money the whole time. She tries to get you to pay for her parking, gas, coffee, buy an $80 t-shirt. And then you're like, $80, that's too much. She'll say James Franco bought one for 150 so. <laughs> so I wow. told her I didn't have any more money than to only pay for a selfie with her, which was $20. Wow. I mean, if it's a hustle that works, let's keep hustling. How yes. wild. I mean, She's she iconic, though. She runs an OnlyFans basically out of her car. So she really she, does. She She's truly the OG of OnlyFans. And it's in person. <laughs> the in-person right. OnlyFans. Right. She's like, you're my I only fan. I met her fan. once and we took a picture with her. I think we paid $20, but she held a fan in front of her face. And she did my friend's show. And I don't know what they discussed beforehand, but she came. I think the fan was in front of her face. I think she said hello. And I think she left immediately after. Like, it was truly <laughs> like, hello, goodbye. And it was like, oh, we all came here for you. <laughs> but then I wasn't like mad about it. I was like, that's iconic. To be like, yeah. yes, I will do the show for 30 seconds. Yeah, that it kind of reminds me of um, the story that my mom loves to tell about when I was uh, four years old and um, Barney was coming to town and <laughs> she took us to the local um, like hot dog burger joint where Barney was supposed to be making this appearance. And um, we go, we had waited out in line in the rain for an hour. We get in there um, order our food and they're like the show's about to start Barney comes out and like all the kids start like running to him they're like yes yes give it to us <laughs> I immediately was just all like can we go and my mom was like what do you mean Jaren like you love Barney he's like your favorite like what do you mean and I was like girl that's not Barney and she's like what how do you know that and I was just like 
look at his shoes. <gasps> and like he had on these black kind of like combat boots. First of all, let me just tell you, I was just giving my mom what was the most obvious example. And I kid you not, this is the type of child I was. I remember... The first thing that turned me on to this Barney was he was the wrong shade of purple. Hmm. Barney was like that bright fuchsia-y purple. And this motherfucker looked like a crown royal bag. Okay? (laughs) And I was like, this is not my friend. That is not my friend. And then I looked down and I clocked the shoes and I said, we gotta go. And uh, That's so fucking funny. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I feel like it was like that level of anticipation for a meet and greet. And then you get there and you're like, this is not what I was expecting. <laughs> you know? not- that was Disney World for me. I was uh, so upset to be at Disney World. I said, it's hot. There is too many people. <laughs> Minnie Mouse will not speak to me. And the water's no. too expensive. <laughs> Which was like right. my complaint because that was my dad's complaint that I had heard enough. Yeah. I was like, I'll take that too. The water, it's expensive. Uh-huh. I remember uh, when we went to Disney World too, uh, my uh, dad gave us like a budget um, and I think it was like $10 to get food with. Hmm. And and that was like, you know, he's like, well, you better eat before we go to the park. You, know, <laughs> you better eat before we go to the park. Like, y'all be playing around trying to sleep in the morning. <laughs> like, get that breakfast because you will be hungry. And I was like, I got $10. And like, I swear to God, I remember like everything was like $12. And uh-huh. I mean, just like walking around the park, just like wanting to get an actual meal. And all I could get was like a pretzel because <laughs> that was under $10. <laughs> It's so expensive. And I'm like, that's the happiest place on earth? No, no, sir. Yeah. Yes. No, ma'am. Um, so tell me. Yes. So you work in reality television. You've worked as a host for a very, very popular contest. Now, when it comes to the contestants, what do you feel like makes for someone who is successful in these situations? Like, I feel like as someone who um, a has competed, but also even prior to that, like had a little bit of like a background in like improv. I feel like that is, mm-hmm. those skills are very helpful in reality television because things are always changing. Like, what do you think? Yeah makes a good contestant for a reality television show Um, competition competition honestly if it's for something like me like nail it personally i like people from the midwest who don't take themselves too seriously who like to talk because those are the most (laughs) those are the people you're gonna get the most fun out of if you get somebody who's self-aware who is like i came here to win I didn't come to make friends. Nicole, get away from me. I need to bake. Then I'm like, oh, we can't have fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's uh, play around. Yeah. And then on Wipeout, I think the people who succeed are the people who, like, are determined and, like, came in with a plan and maybe take a hot second to, like, look at the thing they're about to jump on as opposed to just, like, <laughs> leaping and being like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I think it's, like, a little bit of strategy. I am so excited about Wipeout. Okay, like what like what was that experience like? It was fun. So, um John Cena is a true delight and he is he's funny, he's personable, he's easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. I was scared he was going to be a little bit of a diva. He is not. Mm-hmm. Like he's so down to earth like you wouldn't even mm-hmm. know he was John Cena. Um yeah. Yeah, it was just fun. I We shot it, some of it in December, right after I'd like broken or dislocated my ankle. Oh, so I yeah. had surgery, pins in my leg. I was in a boot. 
Uh, I couldn't put any weight on it, but they were like really accommodating, like to a point where I was just like, what a treat. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope everyone is as accommodating for people who are, you know, incapacitated or like differently abled or whatever. But um, yeah, it was just truly wild to like see people in person, like slip and slide around and fall. And you're like, I'm I'm so sorry. Like a lot of times you laugh, but then sometimes you're just like, oh no, you were so close. (laughs) <laughs> right but uh yeah i'm really excited about it i think i think it's funny yeah i think who knows you never know until something's out i i personally like really um am a fan of it i love all those types of sh- it, it really does make me laugh too <laughs> like mm-hmm. i i love i i'm i'm i can't wait and you also have a new season of nailed it yeah it was like my second job back from pandemic break uh so it was kind of wild yeah. Working during the beginning of the pandemic was like, oof, scary. Uh yeah. Yeah. Um, I I love how much I committed to that as if I knew what that was like working during the <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was terrifying. When really it was just the thought of it that was terrifying. <laughs> well, it's scary because you're just like, okay, so I'm gonna leave my bubble. Go work with people where I don't know if they've been as, you know, taking this seriously uh-huh. as me and then come back to my bubble and hope mm-hmm. to not get them sick. But yeah. I will say this. Uh, I think Drag Race was the very first thing I went back to and their standard was wild. That like set the standard for me. So like when I went mm-hmm. to other shows, I'd be like, no, <laughs> you have to yeah. do it this way. No, <laughs> no, that person can't come near me. No. <laughs> yeah. Stay away. Uh-huh. <laughs> get away. Um, it's really been uh, uh, nice to watch you so much this season on um, Drag Race. It's Thank been a treat. You. I mean, what a treat. When they said I could do two episodes, I almost lost my mind because one of the producers who I, uh, well, we're friends, we talk, uh, I pitched to him. I was like, can I drive the, the van that takes the queens home? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he uh, he didn't take it seriously, but uh I think it'd just be funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I there's think no be explanation. Funny too. I'm just like <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that would make a lot of girls smile and actually feel better about being at home. <laughs> It'd be like, at least I got to ride in a van with Nicole Byer for a couple seconds Wait, in a circle around the lot. I have a question. You might want to cut this out, but when you were eliminated on what season were you? Ten? Nine. 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 Mm-hmm. So when you were eliminated, do you actually go home or do you have to go to a hotel while filming ends? Okay, so it was different for me because I was just eliminated at the live finale. So I had oh, gone through the entire yes, 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 yes. I fucking filming, forgot about that. Yeah. Filming process. So I the so but but what I what I was told was that they what because they film two episodes in a week. Mm-hmm. So like two, two and a half episodes in a week. So there's about two girls that get eliminated and then they fly them home on Sunday. So if you were the first girl oh. um, to go, then you would like fly um, out on the Sunday. But like when they bring the girls back, girl I'm like, do they like... fly them home and then fly them back? No, those are normally uh, uh, girls who have been there. But mm. you want to know what's funny though? They actually did film us doing that before they decided that it was a top four. They filmed all of us being eliminated and doing that one by one. 
So I literally did film that segment of riding off in the van with a, an empty suitcase that had literally nothing in it that I rolled out and put in that, you know. That is so nuts. Acting, Wait, acting. was your season the first year of top four? No, Peppermint uh-huh. season. Wait, is that uh-huh. your that season? Was, uh-huh. Go, yeah. Listen, I watched every single season <laughs> like, again this year and it's all just jumbled mm-hmm. in my brain. And yeah, I will we, say this after rewatching all of them. People shit on season seven, but season seven is funny. Yes. Every yes. challenge is an acting challenge. And oh, you're like, yes. well, none of these girls can act. <laughs> I mean, it's hilariously messy. It is. I love it. I want Drag Race to get messy again. Instead, we are in March. <laughs> we're probably going to go until May. They're like, yes. we can't send anybody home. And you know what's good? Let's put a Corona special right, right here. Yeah, right in the middle. Smack dab in it. Okay. We're going to take a quick little break and then we'll be right back. I mean, obviously, we've been loving you as a judge on this season of Drag Race. So let's uh, talk about some of the judges on the first season of America's Next Top Model. So in Top Model, we got the weekly judging panel of top model experts. And they would review the girls on their model behavior, how they execute the runway challenge and the photo shoots. There were regular judges, and then they would bring in a guest judge as well. The house judges really brought a particular character and drama to every elimination process. Top Model Facts. Top Model Facts. First up. We have the one and only Janice Dickinson, who is the world's first supermodel. Coined the term supermodel, and uh, because of that, she had a fantastic career that led her to being a judge on America's Next Top Model. Known for her brown hair, long legs, Janice was the face of fashion from the 70s to 80s. More top model facts. Janice was definitely cast to be the Simon of the top model table. Um, And speaking of that table, I really want you, Nicole, to go back and watch season one because they are so close. Like, the judging panel, like, I swear to God, you could fit half of that judging panel into one judge's cubicle on a COVID uh, panel for uh, Drag Race right now. If you go back and watch season one of Drag Race, they're also on top of each other. Like, on top of one another. And then, you like, sometimes they'll do, like, an area view of the set, and you're like, they're in someone's garage. Uh, Right. But, yeah, I guess it's like... They filmed it in a hotel due to budgets. They literally took a hotel room, took all the furniture out, and put curtains and a TV up, basically. And yes. did the whole thing on a table. Yeah, wow. just one table. Oh, and then each week, I noticed that in watching it, they would switch a um, photo of Tyra that would be hanging in front of the blue curtains. They would just like blow up a little headshot of Tyra wow. and be a different one you every week. love some crafty fucking production. <laughs> if there's a will, there's a fucking way. Like, nobody has any excuse for, like, having an idea and, and being like, I don't know how to execute it. It's like, figure it the fuck out. Rent out the Marriott. Right, I know. And uh, as well as uh, Janice Dickinson on the judging panel, they had Bo Killian, who... Um, he was the editor-in-chief at Marie Claire. Uh, he was 
very moody and definitely tried to change the judge's perspectives away from fashion stereotypes. And when Tyra introduced him, she says um, that he works with all the major models that make it onto the pages of Marie Claire and that he is the one to impress. Ooh, she's so smart. Um, yeah, I mean, Bo... Uh, um, See, I don't remember Bo. I have to Google. That that's what is no. Bo what? You, you don't he's need a, to. No, you don't. He's you don't need to. You don't need to. He's a one season, he's he's a one like, season yeah. diva judge. Yeah, I mean. he just yeah. Bo is so excited to listen to this podcast and gets to this part, and he's like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, they said really I wasn't sweet. even worth the Google. No, uh, it's really yeah. sweet. When he, did Jay come? Um. Okay, so Jay comes in in season four as oh, wow. a judge. Okay. Um, but we do meet Jay as the runway coach yes. at the very, very top of season one. So, you know, Jay kind of works uh, her way into being on the panel where we start getting like the iconic looks with mm-hmm. that go with the girls' um, uh, eliminations. And uh, last but not least on our judging panel, we have the one and only uh, Miss Kimora Lee Lesnar, previously Simmons, mm-hmm. model, owner, and creator of Baby Fat. Um, did you ever own any Baby Fat? Are you fucking kidding? Yes. And I still <laughs> own Baby Fat. So I have a storage unit in New Jersey from when I moved uh, to LA from New York. I threw everything in storage and I have two pairs of baby fat jeans that I refused to get rid of because they just fit my ass so good. But they are boot cut and I am not a boot cut queen. But when I get them out of storage, I'm going to be a boot cut queen because they make their ass look good. Oh, gosh. Yes. I mean, like, I remember just like, um, oh, what is her name? Oh, Tina. Thank you, Tina. She was my girl because she had the fiercest little baby fat jeans that I used to love to just like, I, I just I just appreciated how amazing they made her ass look. Mm-hmm. And I just remember just thinking like, damn, I wish I could have a pair. You can have a pair. Get on eBay. Get you a vintage pair because they don't make them the same, the, uh, the current ones. Yeah, you know what? Now I think I I will do that because how we were talking about earlier, we're like dressing in our like teenage That's how like, I'm getting everything fantasies. that I want from the early... T- I'm going on eBay. I'm going on Etsy. Etsy has everything you've ever wanted. I've been yeah. up on Etsy for fucking years. Yeah. I love Etsy. Yes. Also, Poshmark is really good and Macari okay. is also pretty good. Wait, what's the last one? Macari. I just discovered it, but I did buy some Chanel sunglasses from them and I don't oh, know if oh, they're that real. That sounds pushy. Oh. <laughs> she paid a good amount of money and she don't know if they real um, and I feel some type of way about taking them to the Chanel store to be like are these real <laughs> like as a black woman be like get no, out no <laughs> take them in there and be like excuse me I want to know if I was sold counterfeit I need you to verify will they do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what very firmly shook his head no as no, a, as, girl. As a luxury, a former luxury retail gay, if somebody brought me some glasses to inspect if they were fake, I would probably laugh at you. Wait, where did you uh, work? Where haven't I worked? Did you work uh, at Prada? What? 
Did you work at no, Prada? No, I worked at Saks Fifth Avenue for a very long Ooh. time. And Nord- I worked at a Nordstrom once for a while selling glasses. Yeah, if somebody brought me glasses, I would laugh and tell them to go to customer service. <laughs> <laughs> be like, that's not my department. I'm sorry. Nordstrom's, I love. I once bought boots from Nordstrom's, kept them for three and a half years, took them back to Nordstrom's, and they handed me cash. <laughs> I love Nordstrom's. They I was really like, I do can't that anymore. But they don't. They changed their return policy a couple years ago to like give it back to the way that you paid for it because people would go oh. max out a credit card with purchasing stuff and return it and get it in cash. And that's like fraud. So who know. else did you tell, Nicole? <laughs> who else did you tell? Who did I tell? Yeah, because clearly they caught on. Oh, I mean, I told everybody. I, <laughs> honestly, in high school, I used to like return things that I had not bought <laughs> for cash, which is a better scam than actually buying it and getting the cash. Come on now. No interest because I didn't use any sort of money. <laughs> I love what an enemy to retail you are. Here's the thing. If I had, like, focused any of this energy into my schooling, I probably would have went to college. (laughs) And I probably would have, you know, been an academic. But, like, hey, here we are. I still think about your story about Macy's jail. Was it Macy's jail? Hell yeah, dude. Macy's at 34th Street has a jail. (laughs) It's wild because they took us down there. Me and my friend both got arrested. It was her fault. She's the one who got us caught. I have a a foolproof plan. Do you want to know? Do you want to know how to steal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll tell everybody how to steal. Okay, so cameras. If you can see the camera, the camera can see you. But And, Mm -hmm. like, if you look at your, like, camera on your computer – Look at where you stand, and that's probably where a camera in a store, you're also off camera. Mm-hmm. So once you figure out you're off camera, you get your little your little place, and then you put shirts inside of shirts on the hanger. So instead of three, you're taking in six. You put pants inside of pants, so you're taking in, you know, four as opposed to two. Get in the fitting room, pop off the sensors, put everything in your purse, put the sensors that you popped off in the pocket of the jeans. This is crucial. Do not leave them in the fitting room because then you are leaving evidence that you took something. So then you act like a normal shopper. You go, I'm going to keep some of these shirts and I'm going to keep some of these pants. So give back one pair, but keep the pair that has the sensors in them. Keep shopping. Like you're like, I don't know. I'm not really feeling it. And then just go, ah, I don't need these. Put the pants at the back of the rack or in the middle of the rack. Leave. They have nothing on you. They can't they can't do anything. Wow. And guess what? You now have a new wardrobe full of holes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I'll I'll say this. I do not steal anymore, but when I was in my youth, I was oh. very poor <laughs> and I needed clothing. Yeah. I used to do that and the sensors fell out of the pockets of the jeans and I had never run out of a Hollister so fast <laughs> in my damn life. I never went back. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so amazing. The only Oof. time that I ever shoplifted was at American Apparel before they put sensors on things so that I couldn't get caught. That's mm. all the kids in college because yeah, that's how old I was when I first tried that. Like I didn't do anything bad until college. 
Um, like I didn't drink. Like I never even had a sip of alcohol before college. Really? Um, yeah. I seriously, was bad. I was. I was, like, I was let's so smoke cigarettes. late. Let's drink your mother's alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Anything little... bad? I was like, let's do, let's smoke all the weed. Cocaine? Snort it. <laughs> yeah. I was literally like, um, I really don't want to ruin my voice because I have to sing "Kids" and "Bye Bye Birdie." Um, <laughs> so I really need to get my rest. <laughs> This has been such a blast. Nicole, thank you so much for kicking off my cute little podcast with Uh, us. Did you have a good time? I had the best time. I truly enjoy you. It was a treat. Aw, thank you so much. And if you could just like... um. Just like as a favor, you know, just as a little mm-hmm. blessing to the podcast as a a renowned, um, decorated, award winning podcast stress. Okay. Um, do you okay. have any advice for a budding podcast such as this? Um, let's see. Advice. Um, just keep going. You know, uh, just keep chugging along like Thomas the Train Engine. <laughs> is that who he is? I don't know. Um, okay, here's real advice. Um, I don't think you need advice. I think you're dazzling. I think you have a wonderful personality. I think you're very interesting. I think you're very funny. I think you're honest and carefree and beautiful and have a wonderful work ethic. I think your guests should be so lucky that they get to talk to you. Um yeah, I don't think you need, you don't need my blessing. Oh. You're, you're amazing. You are so sweet. Thank you so much, Nicole. And please tell the dolls and divas where they can find you. Okay, you can find me on the phone with West Elm. No, I'm kidding. I was truly on the phone with him for like an hour. Was that the other podcast <laughs> we were talking about or this one? Anyway, um, my Instagram, <laughs> my Twitter is <laughs> at Nicole Byer. Okay, my ADD medicine is done. I like... <laughs> She said, boop, boop. I have checked out. Beep, beep, Goodbye. Beep. The brain is uh, bouncing around. <laughs> Late at night, it gets bad for me. Anywho, uh, I have other podcasts. Why won't you date me? Best friends, newcomers, uh, uh, 90 Day Bay on Patreon. Also, Nailed It, Wipeout, and yes. Thanks to Nicole Byer for joining us all week here on Wanna Be On Top. Now that the stage is set, Next week, we are diving into the nitty-gritty. We will get to know the first ever cast of Top Model and all the drama that happened in their New York penthouse. And I say penthouse in quotes. And next week, Raja will be joining us, the icon and the legend herself. Thanks for listening. And if you have any, and I mean any, Top Model facts or questions for me, Maxwell, or our guests, or you just want to say hi, you can send an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Once again, that's beontoppod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to Wanna Be On Top wherever you listen and make sure to rate and review the show. It helps us grow. I'm Shea Coulee. And I'm Max Wasposito. And as always, the question remains. Wanna, wanna Be, be on, on Top? Want to Be On Top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Want to be on top? Forever. Dog. To listen to Want to Be On Top? ad-free and Monday early. Sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus.
Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review. Wanna be on top? Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch. I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna be on top? It's produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by Shea Coulee. Produced by Maxwell Esposito. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 